you got a problem you don't know what to do your dreams are strange and you're seeing things too the world is full of mystery life's more than you can see you can ask pomegranate you can ask pomegranate she's a Hello and welcome, psychics, magicians, people of personal power, weirdos, witches, shamans, and seekers into the mystery. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Pomegranate Doyle here with Kayleen Beaujolais, my producer. Hello, Kayleen is waving at me. Yes, thank you, Kayleen, for everything. Uh, we are happy to be bringing you a podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying it. I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about the power of cultural change through the acts of magic. And I uh, wanted to encourage everyone to consider how you want your future to be. What is the future you want? And how do we make the future change? How do we go from like 1962 to 2016, where the culture has gone through a radical transformation. How do we go through a world where if you are gay, you basically your life get and you come out, your life is basically destroyed to 2016, where you can walk down the street, go to a store and buy a bed together with your partner walk. Okay, so right, you used to be able to not go to a store and lay down in a bed together and buy a bed as you know, in the 90s, like this is very much changed. How did we make that cultural change magically? Um, how do we make the cultural change magically where people are aware that the world is alive and needs to be protected from the greed, the greed, um, injury, the greed injury of the humans, because let's face it, it's the greed injury that we all carry that, uh, has caused the world to become in the place it's in now, where it's sort of on the brink of very difficult, climate problems, right? Um, where the, cu- the culture has basically got to go through some kind of new transformation. And how do we make that transformation happen? Uh, mag- as people who have magical powers? Well, first of all, one of the lessons of the, the way that we've handled the climate, the world through our industrial co- um, growth is we didn't, we didn't believe we could do it. We didn't believe we could have that much of an impact on the, our climate. We thought we were small, puny little things who had no personal power. And we thought that there was no end to ocean. The ocean was big and scary and large, and we were tiny and puny, and we couldn't impact it. And there was no end to forests, and there was no end to everything. There was, And we had nothing to do with anything. And there's still many, many people alive today who are still holding that true, that we ha- or do not have the power to affect the world's climate, because we are puny little humans. And and that feeling of not having an impact is a mistaken idea. And it's a mistaken idea and causes trouble because A, you don't stand up and take a hold of your power and take response and B, you don't take responsibility for your power. And, you know, magic is all about self-empowerment, self-awareness, owning, knowing that you have this much power, but not that much power. You know, I alone through my magic cannot solve the problems of the world. But I can do have an impact on the world through my magic because I am that powerful and that collectively I can certainly have incredible amounts of power. So this is part of it. But in the process of trying to change things through magic, we have to do it in a very systematic way. We have to think big. You have to think large. You can't think uh, I'm going to go against Donald Trump or I'm going to go against Hillary Clinton and I'm going to bring them down or I'm going to bring the, you know, whoever you decided should come down. That's not the way to really effectively make change because what has to happen is we have to kind of ignore the way things are a little bit. Like just be like, yeah, things are like that because that's the way a lot of people hold it in place with their ideas. So they're using their energy energy and, and tension accidentally holding a pattern in place. Uh, holding a pattern in place where no, we can't have gay marriage that would cause riots in the street or no, we can't change the entire economy in the next 10 years. So as to recognize the place we are in, in environmentally and actually do a U-turn and have a beautiful world. We can't do that. That's impossible. They're holding that pattern. And so what we have to do as magical people is think big 
and think of the new pattern we want, the new pattern that we want to live in. And then create that pattern so strongly in ourselves that it begins to become the new reality. And we are currently in the transition point between the old reality and the new reality. And, uh, you know, personally, I'm going to be in the new reality. I don't know what you all are going to do. I'm going to go in the new reality where we're living in harmony with ourselves, with our, our, our animal people and, and the earth itself. And that there is a profound experience of freedom in all creatures to be who they are and to live in abundance without um, a cavalier disregard for how that, how that impacts others. It's going to be really harmonious. That's the world I'm going to go into. So you see, you're listening to me build my structure that I am going to live in. I'm going to give birth to. And that's a magical act. I'm thinking big. I'm not thinking about, you know, Monsanto. I'm not thinking about the Koch brothers. I'm thinking about them a little, but I'm thinking those guys, they're a dying breed. If I think about them, I'm thinking about them as somebody who's passing away because it's not tolerable anymore. So the process is a process of really owning your truth of, not your truth, that's so cliche, owning the timeline you want you and your descendants to arrive into so this is time magic owning the timeline you want you and your descendants to arrive into and and recognizing that the old pattern that you have been living in was not one you created it was one you were born into and was given to you and that you do not have to accept any longer and it can be allowed to go away and we hold that, we say, yes, that can go away. And this new one can get born. And inside of that is a lot of dynamic tension, the in between those two. And a lot of shit hits the fan and a lot of energy gets cracked open. And a lot of trouble may even ensue. Uh, a lot of energy bursts apart. And what you have to do as you're manifesting the new reality is you have to just tolerate that. And you have to not get wrapped up in that because as you're going from the old reality into the new reality, that middle ground of chaos and turmoil can become the new reality. And a lot of people go, but there's so much chaos and turmoil right now. And it's like, yeah, there is. But you know what? That's just the in-between state. We, we can't get lost in the chaos and turmoil, nor can we choose to turn back to the old way because that felt what we knew and what was safer. You got to hold on to your intention, hold on to what you know to be true that you will deliver to your descendants. You hold on to that, let the chaos fade and let the old dinosaur die and then let it land because it will land. And when it lands, accept it. Yes, it's landed. Don't come up with a thing about why it's not good enough, right? Because when we got gay marriage, there was a lot of like, this is why this isn't good enough. Or when being trans started being accepted, it was like, this is why it's not good enough. It's like, no, 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 no. Celebrate it. That anchors that new reality inside the beauty. You want to anchor every new reality you're manifesting inside of beauty. And when you do that, suddenly it's like it was never any other way. And when things suddenly become like it was never any other way, you know you've done the magic. And I have actually done this magic. Um, other people have joined in me, people I know and don't know over the last 20 years. And it really works that way. And one example is this example of, you know, 20 years ago, you would never have believed what has happened around civil rights of gay people. And you, you now people are like, but it's sort of like normal, right? Isn't this sort of normal? But it's not normal. I just tells me we've manifested it. We, we chose a timeline where we ended up here. It's not perfect. Sure. It's not perfect. Is there more to do? Absolutely. There's more to do, but we've ended up here where, <laughs> you know, I can marry my wife if I want to, my girlfriend, if I want to marry her, I can go lay down in a bed in this store and not get beat up in Portland anyway. And we can do that because the reality has landed, you see? And so you can do that. You can do that kind of magic. Think big. Allow the old dying paradigm to go away. I said paradigm. <laughs> and you sustain yourself through the turmoil. Don't let that become the new reality. Hold your vision until it feels like it's never been any other way. And when that happens, celebrate it. Celebrate it. That really grounds it. And that's a really powerful, profound way to change the culture through magic. Your question's next. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate.
this is Riley. I really enjoyed your most recent podcast um, and the way that 12-step work became incorporated to the conversation. That's something that is new and exciting in my life right now. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on something. Um, I've been working a lot with how, as a witch, um, the way that I have different options for, like, what what is the difference between turning my will and life over to the divine versus divinity? Um, like, thinking about if I was going to turn my life over to beauty or if I was going to turn my life over to Bridget. Um, and trying to figure out some things that I've struggled with all along in the context of the 12-step work, like the difference between um, life in devotion to someone or something, dedicating yourself and your work, being in service, or just having uh, someone or a certain energy like on your team. Um, and I feel excited about having a lot of options as a witch, and also I'm trying to hone my intention in my work, both doing 12-step and also uh, as a practitioner of magic. So, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all those things. Bye. Riley, thank you for that question. By the way, uh, we had a little glitch with the phone number. So if you left any questions during March of 2016, please call back and leave them again because we lost all those questions. Oh, well, uh, technical difficulties. Uh, meanwhile, I will answer Riley's question. 12 steps are, uh, why do the 12 steps work for so many different people with so many different problems? And the reason that they work is because what it does is restore us to sanity. That's what that's what it says it will do. That's what they say they will do. If it's like if you follow these steps, and they're the originator. I mean, that's the originator of all those self help books. Ten steps to a better you, and seven steps to do the Watusi, and step. It's twelve steps, right? So all comes from there. It's about restoring ourselves to sanity, and it's in the some. So I, I'm paraphrasing the second step, but it's like. Um, came to believe that a power greater than myself, a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And I love those words because I like the idea that my sanity is always there and that I am actually born sane. This goes against all Christian doctrine where I'm born flawed. Poor me. I'm a piece of crap. I was born flawed. Now all I can do is do my very best to try to not spread that around too much. And maybe God will forgive me. And then I get to be a heavenly creature. Like what the hell? What the heck is that? Why am I still a Catholic? I still am. Because I took a vow. That's why. Um, so, so, but this idea which goes against all of that. And I think it, I think that the 12 steps can be traced back to St. Francis. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, this idea is that you are born sane. Like you are whole and well and perfect and beautiful and you were born sane. And that through whatever process or processes you've gone through, you have reached a place where you are no longer sane. <laughs> so, and so the 12 steps are like, so that's okay. You can get that back. You can get your sanity back because it is normal for you to be in, be sane. It is normal for, and it's intrinsic. And that means it's inside of you to be sane and that you can through these steps restore your sanity and um these are only one set of things these are kind of western and they're a western tradition and they're a great western tradition because they're non-denominational you anybody from any religion can do it it speaks directly to the western mind whereas a lot of other religions which have similar processes like that are like through meditation and stuff actually don't filter into the Western mind very well because we translated into some kind of, you know, power issue or we translated into some kind of like, I'll get enlightenment. Yes, I will. Like some kind of achievement oriented thing. I have to work really hard to get enlightenment. And it's like, yeah, that's not how enlightenment works. That's actually the opposite of enlightenment. Enlightenment works in that you surrender or suddenly through some bolt of grace, you're enlightened. Like it's pretty different than the way we approach it. Not to say you can't practice those other religions. Please do. Please do. 
go do whatever you want to do. Explore everyone that you want to, um, as long as you're not exploiting the people. So, um, this process of restoring oneself to sanity is a question for all spiritual seeking people. And you don't have to do the 12 steps to do this. You can just notice that you, the premise that you're fine. You are fine exactly the way you are right now. We've talked about this before and that you may not be feeling fine and you might be feeling like maybe things could be, I could feel better about my life and my experience. I wonder if there's a way to get feeling better. And so at that stage, we become, we can become spiritual. There's lots of other ways to solve it, but there's one choice, which is the topic of this podcast, generally speaking, which is we become spiritual. That's one way to turn. The other ways are fine. Like, I'm not kidding. They're just fine. Like if going out and getting crap faced drunk all the time is what you're going to turn to that's fine. You get to use drugs and alcohol if you want to. And you get to cause all the chaos you can with that and live with the consequences of all those things. That's totally up to you. Um, when your life has become unmanageable, you might, one of the things you can do to get it to be, make it manageable again is turn to spirituality. So in the 12 steps, it says, Okay, what was I saying? Greater than myself. The words are greater than myself. So this again is about knowing your sense of self. Who am I? Who am I? You know, am I in charge of all things? <laughs> you know, am I the goddess and responsible for all things? Do I have to fix everything that's not right? Do I have to stop, you know, Donald Trump? Do I have to uh, personally sacrifice every single thing in my life. So as to know that when the earth goes down in a flaming ball of petrochemicals, I didn't contribute to it, to it. No, the answer to that is no, that is you being, um, trying to be bigger than you are trying to be bigger than you are. Are you, do you have to go and do every action you can, uh, in order to save some other person? Maybe, if it's your job, but you also have to put yourself in the equation. So, so the question is, how do we manage this stuff? Man, life is so hard. It's so complicated. It's so difficult. And we've really, as humans, whipped it into this frenzy of like every single thing every day that they want you to think about your weight and your checking account and how much you pay for that at the grocery store and whether or not that person was looking at you with a weird look in your eye or just think of all of the stimulation like am I getting along with people am I socially acceptable do I know who I all of these things become overwhelming and life becomes unmanageable and then any grief or pain that comes along then you're like you're waiting to fall apart right so why do we become spiritual? Why do we turn to divinity is because we want to know how big we are. Like I need to know how big I am and what I'm responsible for. And I want to be responsible for what I'm responsible for. And if I can, and I want to not try to be bigger than I am. So greater than myself. So when you turn to a being that is bigger than you, you can get yourself aligned. You can be another way to think of the 12 steps is it's a process of becoming centered and grounded. Grounded to means to be notice that you're connected to things bigger than you, that the earth is below me and it is bigger than me, that the sky is above me and it's bigger than me, that there's stars are out there. And I am so puny com compared to those things. And yet even within that system, I have power. I am personally empowered and I, and I do influence the world around me and I am influenced by the world around me. So that's grounded and centered is, and I know who I am and I know, I know that I have choices and I know there are places where I have no choice and I am centered in my place. And uh, the actions I take are from the place of knowing who I am and what I can do and not trying to do what I can't do you're sorting out what is your business and what isn't your business magically. You're figuring out what, because this is what drives us crazy because essentially why people go to the 12 steps, it's not because they're drinking. You're drinking because your brain no worky. I mean, you're really, it's like in the program, we call it stinking thinking. And really it's a thinking disorder that we're healing in Westerners. <clears throat> it's the inability to, to, it's the inability to think in a way that supports and sustains 
and nurtures you. It's a thinking process that hurts you, that generates emotions that are very painful, that are unnecessary and high drama. And we go to things to distract ourselves from that. And so what the 12 steps does is bring us back to alignment with our soul's purpose, why we're here on the planet, which, you know, could be really just sitting and breathing, could be any number of things. And we, we call in the divine into our bodies. And then from there, our, we, we help our brains clear, we take responsibility for what's our responsible for, and we don't take responsibility for what we're not. And the divine thing, the divine energy um, will help you do that. And as witches, we get to do whatever the hell we want, like pick, pick one, pick one, pick anybody, because we're multi-denominant. We don't care. We're multi-theists, multi-polytheists, multi-theists. We don't care, you know, and so you can pick something like beauty, which is a, a quality, or grace, or you could pick the guardian of fire. Don't pick fire, because fire is, a, that's gonna be hard. Pick the guardian of fire, if you want to have a power greater than yourself. That's a more organized being than fire. Fire is going to just like burn your life up, but you know, you just want to have the guardian of fire. <laughs> you know, you can pick them or you can pick Bridget or you, that's who I go to. I go to the goddess Bridget. You go to whoever speaks to you and helps you understand yourself or what you need right now and allow, because that medicine needs to come into you. And as soon as medicine comes into you from the divine, then you suddenly begin spreading it out to others from the divine. The divine flows through you. And we stop doing things that are unnecessary and useless. And we and we stop getting caught up in uh, useless, boring, emotional things that are not useful, because you can really run a lot of emotional stuff all the time, you don't that is pretty useless, you know, emotions are just nerve endings. So we want to just allow those nerve endings to give us information and move on. And we certainly don't want to, you know, generate a lot of stimulation for them by taking the hammer and hammering the nerve endings. So they go, they report all the time, you want to be able to just be in flow with your emotions. So we get clear, we become aware of our surroundings, we, we come into centeredness and groundedness, and we are restored to sanity because that, my darling, my dear, that is your natural state. So let's all just take a breath in, everybody. Everybody, let's take a little breath in and just have a little moment where we are calling, calling in a power greater than ourselves. And you don't have to have have a addiction to do this. You can just do it because it's fun and it works for your Western mind. So if you're breathing and as you breathe, you just notice you're you and that your mind is doing its thing, which might be any number of interesting and whatever things, self-hatred, self-love, whatever it's doing, let it do. It's not that interesting what's going on in the brain. What the brain is reporting is what the brain is reporting. And that is not your higher power. And in Western culture, we have made our brain our higher power. And that has led us to be insane because the brain is actually smaller than you. You are much larger than your brain. The brain is puny, puny little nothing, little nugget up there. It's only one of your brains anyway. Breathing. And as we breathe, we notice that the world is providing us with everything we need in this moment. The world is giving us lungs and air and spirit and water. The heart is beating. It's giving us rhythm. The blood is pumping. It's giving us salt and water. It's giving us bones. It's giving us the space we're in wherever we are in this moment, wherever you are in this moment. It's giving you that place to be. You didn't make that space. You're having a conversation with that space. You didn't make it though. You're influencing it and it's influencing you, but it's bigger than you. So it can just be the room you're in. It's bigger than you. It's greater than you. Whatever has coalesced the space you're in, that could be your higher power. And breathe in and just notice it's just a fact, Jack. You're not the biggest thing around and breathing in. And notice where your sanity wants to come through. Your sanity wants to come through because you can tell because you get a little feeling in your body that feels good. This is very important. Higher power wants you to feel good. 
It lights you when you feel good. And so as you breathe, I want you, even if you're having a horrible day and it's very painful and difficult today and you're in sorrow, somewhere in you nonetheless is a place of peace or there is a place of beauty or just the slightest hint of it's it's fine or the slightest hint of like, you know, I've got a bowl of ice cream, whatever it is, whatever it is, that feeling of I feel a little bit better and breathe into that. From that, from that feeling, there is like a call, there's a draw, a draw to something. And maybe it's touching your body in a certain way, just, you know, rubbing your hands together or touching your face for a moment. And it just brings that, it encourages that little feeling. It just encourages it. And that's the divine moving through you. That's the divine calling your name. If you can do this practice where you just let the divine call your name by encouraging that little light, that little gem of feeling better, beauty, that little gem of I feel a little better right now, just touch that place. If you can do this practice of encouraging it, what happens is you're encouraging divine to come into your body. And when divine comes into your body, it starts to feel really good and it starts to be a navigational tool. And that navigational tool can tell you where to go next to encourage that feeling of well-being in your body, that well feeling of well-being in your body. So what it does is it says things like, what do I want to do? I, what, what, what do I want to do right now that would encourage this feeling of well-being? And that is where you want to follow. That's divine giving you guidance, what encourages a feeling of well-being. It's like I went into an art supply store the other day and I was in there and I went, this place is my place of well-being. It just rose me up and that's the divine telling me, pomegranate, I want you to make art. Or even this now, I love talking and being in front of a microphone. That's the divine coming into me and guiding me to record words that the divine speaks to me. And eventually that will take over your life and you will be restored to sanity because it's right there. Sanity is right there. It's right there because the divine is not only outside of you. It's also in you. And through that voice in you is how you can find it. And the 12 steps calms you down enough to hear it and teaches you to listen. So breathe in and just ask that feeling of well-being, however small it is, to rise up to you. And if you want, you can also ask it to give you guidance. That's divinity in you. Call it what you want. Work with it the way you want. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Today's Ask Pomegranate podcast is brought to you by the ancestors. The ancestors, they've been with you from the beginning and they'll be with you at the end. You can seek them out at heyancestorsineedyourhelp.com. That's hey ancestors, I really need your help.com. Today's podcast brought to you by The Ancestors. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two ninety nine twenty two. Hey pomegranate, this is Wendy. I have a question for you about reconciling with a land spirit, um, specifically a city spirit, because I live in Portland and I'm committed to living here for another five years. Um, and I am at odds with the city of Portland and have been from the beginning. And I could elaborate on that a little bit um, but I'm from Alaska, and I spent some time in Austin, Texas, and in Mexico City. So to me, the Portland lacks a certain quality of, of wildness that I really crave, um, and I find it when I leave the city, but I, I do live in the city. Um, and I think, you know, I've told myself in the past, well, you know, you should be that that quality in Portland. And then I can be, and I can, and I can be open and expressive and crazy, but it's wears on me to have that attitude where I have to be the agent of what I want and I can't find it reflected in other places. Probably I go to the wrong places, but I'm, I'm hoping that maybe you have a spell to offer me or an idea for helping me to find um, what I need to come to peace with being here in Portland. All right. Thanks. 
Hi, Wendy. I do have an idea for you magically and a spell for you to do. I don't know if it's a spell, but yeah, maybe it's a spell. It's an invoking for sure. Um, but oh my God, this question is so interesting. And um, maybe we will call her at some point and talk to her more because I want to find out more. Uh, there's so many things I could tell you about this and so many ways to think about this. Um, I don't know if it's the wild or wilderness. And for me, they're two different things. Wild is being an energy that can be invoked at any time, any place. And the wilderness being a place specific to a non-urban environment and a non-cultivating a, um, environment. So it's also not farmland. Um, yeah, but what I'll say is when dealing with land spirits, if you've been called to a land spirit, and uh, you are not in love with it, but you're like, because you said, I'm committed to being here for five years. First of all, A, why? Maybe not. Think about that. Let's just start with the first thing. What are you doing here if you're so uncomfortable, right? Like, personally, I don't like being places I'm uncomfortable. I will do it if I have to, but so just let's just review that idea that you have to be here. So if the answer is, I feel like I'm making one of those charts, answer this question, yes or no. If yes, go this way. If no, go that way. So <laughs> we'll just continue with that theme. So if you're not, if you're like you committed to being here, but you don't like it, which is could be the land spirit itself and your spirit guide saying, get out, get out now, you know, maybe you should leave because it's not the place you're supposed to be. So if the answer is I am not supposed to stay here, then go. If the answer is no, yes, I don't like it, but I'm supposed to stay, then we go to the next um, question, right? Uh, you know, I, I know when, when I'm not supposed to be somewhere, but I'm allowed to visit. Um, when I go back, I grew up in Toronto. I haven't been there in a long time. I haven't lived there in a long time, but I go there all the time. Whenever I visit, which is tw a couple times a year, my spirit guides go, so you're not going to like move here, are you? And I'm like, what are you, crazy? I'm not going to move here. And they're like, good, because we really mean it that we don't want you. They really don't want me to move there. And uh, there's a thing, oh, by the way, aside, there's this thing called astrocartography, which I just learned about it. And it's very interesting. There's online resources for it. I think astro.com, this is a free advertisement for them. Somehow you can navigate your way through. If you put astro cartography in the search machines, they will take you to sites that can tell you your astro cartography. And it kind of helps you understand what is going on with your bigger picture land spirit issues. Like apparently it's really good for me to spend a lot of time in the Caribbean, which I'm like, I'm down with. I knew that accidentally because I went there and wanted to go back. So and Portland is between two very long, strong things for me. So you can check that out in terms of land spirit stuff and astrology. And um, I don't know if any of you know a really good astro cartographer uh, that you could refer to me and I will get a reading and then spread their name around because it's fascinating. So you might want to just get online and check that out. That's an aside. So, okay, you've asked the question, all right, I'm committed to being here, but am I really supposed to stay here? And the answer is yes, you're supposed to stay here. So now what we have run into is I'm living in a place, I don't really particularly like it, and my spirit guides have told me to stay. Okay, fine. So what does that mean when you're confronted with somebody or something that is uncomfortable and you don't like, and yet you don't feel like you can get away and spirit guides are not letting you get away. What have we run into? Drum roll, please. If I had a class full of students, they would all go, you have run into a teacher. The people and places that irritate us most in the world are usually some of our best teachers. So you're in Portland because it's trying to teach you something. And Portland is a very magical place. It's a very powerful place. It's got portals <laughs> everywhere. A lot of witches have been living here for a long time and have been very intensively cultivating the magic of the city. And so it's really got a lot going on. And now, of course, it's got like a giant flame that everybody wants to come to, um, to tap into that magic. Um, so it's called you and it's called you for at least five years. So what is it trying to teach you? And what I'm hearing from you right now is a, is a thing that you're doing that you want to ask yourself, is this, is this the right choice? It seems like the answer is already no. It's something I do, which is like, if I'm in a situation and I don't like what's going on, I go, well, 
I can do this myself, you know, if or if I need something, I go, well, I can make it myself. I'm a real can do gal. You sound like a can do gal. And so it feels like you're going, there's not there's no wild here. I need wild. I, I can do. The question I have to ask you is, is it your job? Should you be invoking all this wilderness? Does Portland need the wild the way that you're bringing it through? Do you actually need wild anymore in this moment? Maybe what you're getting needs to be, I don't know if we're talking about the opposite of wild in as in urban or the opposite of wild as in calm. Um, because the places you've talked about have both, both of those Mexico city is like, what is it? The biggest city in North America That place is big. So there's not a lot of calm there. It's frenetic. It's big. Meanwhile, Alaska, I'm from Canada. So I get it. There's a vast amount of wilderness that lives in your consciousness. All Canadians can tell you this. It's like the top of our heads are filled with 3000 miles of wilderness. And that is how we get formed as people. And when you're away from that vast amount of wilderness, it's like you've lost something, some room in your head, <laughs> you know, that we have that, you know, you don't find in America because there's in the United States, the lower United States, there's very little wilderness in this. It's all farmed or something. So um, what have you lost? What is the wilderness you've lost? And can you learn to be, can you let that, the loss of that be your teacher and surrender to it? Is that the right action? You have to ask yourself that. Um, you've come to a land spirit. The land spirit is accepting you and giving you something. It's rude not to accept that. If you're going to stay, it's rude not to say, okay, land spirit, this is what you're providing me with. Thank you. Um, what can I learn? How will I change? How can I change and shape and grow in accepting that rather than making up for it or thwarting it? So that's another thing to think about. Now, the other thing you have to think about is, do I have work which is invoking the wild? So if it's not accepting, then maybe it's invoking. Do I have work in invoking wilderness or the wild into Portland? Is that my job? Is that the right action? Do I have the skills and the background to do that? Um, is there a doorway that I, if you know about gates and doorways, then maybe what you're going to do is open a gate or a doorway to the wilderness that's missing from Portland and you can do a thing. I don't know. This is a little advanced. So if you're advanced enough to do this, you can do this. You can do a thing where you, I've got a better idea for you later. So just hold on. on. You may not do this. If you are skilled and know what you're doing, you can do this. But you, it is possible to open a doorway to another place and gate that energy to the place you're living. So I right now have in my living room a gate to, to New Orleans that I have opened with the assistance of an artist. And I have just a little bit of New Orleans coming in here because that mojo, that being, that swamp being that lives, you know, in that land, that underworld creature said to me, I need to work with you. I said, I will do the work. And I opened a gate. I don't have to live in New Orleans. Okay. So you can open a gate to Alaska. You can open a gate to none of it or the Northwest Territories. You can open your a gate to all of that northerly wilderness, vast energy, because that's your work. And you can open that gate for yourself first. That's what I would do. And the simplest way to open a gate to something like that is to build an altar to it. And you build an altar to it and know that that will change you and that you will be responsible for that energy. You build an altar and you invite it in to you and you invite it into your home. And then maybe if that works and you feel like you want to take responsibility for the karma of this, you open the gate for your neighborhood or your or Portland entirely, you know, where you're going to gate that energy from, from, uh, from Alaska into all of Portland. I'm only gating this energy from New Orleans into my house, into my work, into my magic and my land that I live on. I'm not doing it for the whole of Portland. Okay. Um, I am, however, for the whole of Portland and gating energy from Ireland. I'll say it. I'll tell you that. 
maybe someday I'll tell you more about that. So um, that's another thing you can do. Now, if that's not it, if you're like, no, 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 I don't need Alaska here. That's not what's needed. Then you have to say, well, what, what is, what is the energy that I am, that is here that I is wild that I need to tap into. And what is it about me that makes it me unable to tap into the wilderness? Because when I heard your question, I thought, wow, oh, that's an interesting experience that uh, Wendy is having because it's really different than mine. Because I feel like Portland is a totally wild place. Like it's free. People can be who they are. They can do what they want. They can dress as they will. They can still live here and be themselves. And also it's like, man, there's just like, it's everywhere. And it's like, we've got that giant, you know, park that's like energy is flowing down off of and we're in between two uh, ranges of mountains that are wild energy that are flowing into the city. We've got a volcano in the middle of the city that's flowing into the city. That's Mount Tabor for Portlanders. That energy is very powerful that that volcano wants everybody to go talk to it. If you want to do magic with that, go up onto Mount Tabor and talk to that mountain. It's waking up, but it's got all this wild energy flowing into it. Isn't it interesting that Wendy is not in touch with that energy? So does she need to be? Maybe not. But what I will suggest to you is there is another layer, magical layer here. um, And you all might have this look in your own cities and towns for the magical layers of the place you live in. And part of why I am so deeply ensconced in the magic of this place is because I recognized that, um, well, it came to me. I don't know if I was so smart and recognized it, but it came to me and it said, Hey, pomegranate, you know what? I am the ancestor forest. And this used to be an old growth forest. And I am that old growth forest. And I am an ancestor and I am living here today as close to you as if I was in trees that are alive today. And I am in the trees that are alive, but I'm also here as an ancestor. So when I look out my window, what I see is the ancestor forest and I've invoked that. And this is my real advice to you is if you're looking for wilderness, if you're looking for the magic of a land spirit, talk to the land spirits ancestral form go back. All we have to do is most places in North America is go back a hundred, 150 years. That's all we have to do. And, and get in touch with the ancestral form of that land spirit. And this is a kind of ancestor work. It's very powerful. It's very important. And it really helps navigate the place you're in to find its way to its best self. Do you see what I'm saying? When we want to navigate as the living people, when we want to navigate the culture, um, we want to talk to the ancestors because the ancestors, I think Barbara Walker says the ancestors are the rudder of the boat of our lives. If we don't have a relationship with the ancestors, we can't steer the ship of our living lives. So get in touch with the ancestral spirit of the land spirit, the ancestral land, the way it used to be is alive. It's near. It wants to help you Um, steer the ship and talk to that invoke it bring it forward allow it to become alive to you as if it's right there I mean for me it's right there I see it I feel it I hear it and I'm and I'm like why did they open the wilderness oh because they're not in the ancestral forest oh this I live in an old growth forest in my real life like you know but I'm right in the middle of the city So talk to the ancestor, invoke it, and then start talking to about what its advice is. What do you want? How do you want me to do my magic? Where, how, you know, can you give me the wilderness that I crave? What shall I do with that feeling of of wilderness? And move through your life with that backing you up. The ancestors, I mean, I can't really... I don't know if I can really express how important a relationship with the ancestral realms is where we are now um, through the last, you know, thousand years, we, or maybe it's two or five, I don't know how long it's been going on for, but we've been slowly dismantling our relationships to the mystery of the ancestors and your ancestors. Whereas we used to as human species live so connected with our ancestors 
that we were just right with them all the time. And we understood ourselves to be ancestors and we understood ourselves to be living beings and there really wasn't a division. And so that meant we had access to wisdom and we had access to, um, the wisdom to make the proper choices for the descendants. And so our relationship to the answers was directly connected to what happens to the descendants and was important. The descendants were important to us. And so I can't overemphasize getting in touch with the idea of ancestors more. And when I say the word ancestors, you think ancestry.com, you know, and you think I'm talking about your aunt Wilma or your great grandfather, stupid head, nasty man right who you don't want to talk to like come on who wants to talk to half of us don't want to talk to those people and you know so you go "Eh, ancestors make me go make it go away but i'm talking about ancestors you are living right now on land that is in the ancestral realms go talk to it you are living right now with um the ancestors of the lava flow those the lava flow is your ancestor the the forest is your ancestor Anybody from history who you know about, admire, and love is your ancestor. You have the power to choose which ancestors you work with in order to receive guidance. So my main advice to you is going to be about getting in touch with the spirit of this land that has died because the, the forest is gone. There's a reason they call Portland Stumptown. So where are you? Who are you? Where are you living? Are you living in New York city? Well, guess what? Right in the middle of New York city is a beautiful, amazing forest with creeks and like, I mean, it's a really busy place. If you go back to the place when all the first nations people live there and there's a lot of pathways and people boated and it was a really lovely place. It was a crossroads. Lots of people met. You can go back farther than that. Go back to where you need advice. You need support. You need to feel connected. You need to feel important because you are, you are the descendant they were dreaming about. You are the descendant that they were cultivating their wisdom for. And they have all of their wisdom belongs to you if you just seek them out. So that's my best advice to you. But you might want to do all of those things and like, you know, invoke Alaska, invoke the ancestral forest and then get the hell out of Portland because it doesn't work for you. You might want to do all of those things or none of those things. But that's my best advice is talk to the ancestors. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask Pomegranate. She's a priestess. Hi, Pomegranate. This is Meeker. I would like you to talk more about sovereignty. Sovereignty. I feel like it's such a fundamental concept, and yet I'm not getting something, and maybe it's just the language tripping me up. Um is it birthright? Is it being in your own power? Is it all of those things and more? Thanks for your wisdom and experience. Bye. Meeker, I love that way you were saying that word, sovereignty, which sounded like a mixture of sovereignty and serenity mixed together. And I love it. I, want, I think you coined a new term, um, in which case you have to tell me about it. But uh, if we're trying, I love the idea of mixing the, the feeling of serenity Serenity, which is not I am calm and everything is fine, you know, pacified and everything is fine and I'm calm and I go serenely into that good night. No, it's serenity is the idea that you're not you're not confused and torn apart by your brain. Basically, (laughs) your brain is calmed. It's that you've gotten your brain calmed down enough. You've dealt with your emotions fluid in a fluid motion. You have a connection to your ancestors and to your higher power. And now you're going to go and be you're in serenity about your choices. Like it doesn't mean you don't second guess or any of that. So you're just like, yeah, you know, it'll work out. It's all going to work out. I'm kind of like, you know, a very, um, hyper person a little bit hyper and i'm not i'm not really like and yes we will and always it's like it's about being kind of like happy with the way things are going basically (laughs) and being able to celebrate them and but sovereignty is this idea it's actually a very powerful idea it's this idea that you after all what's the point of coming to the planet right what is the point of coming to the planet? It's you get here so you can have some kind of interesting adventure. 
And really anything you do from the standpoint of the spirit people, once you get ensconced in a body and the Buddhists are like, it's like a miracle. It's like an insane miracle that you got in a body. I've said this before, that that's the way the Buddhists are about it. They're like, what? You got into a body, man? Like, no way. That's like freaking impossible. That's my translation of the Buddhist quote. about about being born being manifest they're like that's crazy and then they're like if you find yourself also following spiritual teachings that's like totally out there that's like wow wackadoodle that's amazing so you so all of us right now are like totally awesome because we got in a body and we're also looking for spiritual teachings so that's cool but the whole point is to be here and to be in a body and to be individualized a little bit right we're all interconnected and that's true but i gotta have my own i get to have an individual sense of self which i have a little bit of autonomy and that gives me freedom and that's why we're here is to have autonomy and to be have a sense of myself as an individual separate from all other individuals, even though I'm totally connected to them and I can tell what's going on with them. That's lovely, but I have autonomy. And so sovereignty is is knowing, is really accepting that autonomy. It is a birthright. It's the birthright of knowing you are you, you made it, and you get to be fully in yourself, and you got this body. And the body has got a aura around it. So it's got a container that allows it to be separate from other things and yet still connected. Isn't that amazing? I'm not just disconnected because that's actually would be far too painful for us beings who are all like, I'm into, you know, being connected to all things at all times. This is, that's one of the reasons we find it difficult to be here is because we are like for the first time separate from everybody, but it's cool, right? And it, Holding that a sovereignty of that, which means being able to hold the container of that and really allow yourself to develop individuality, to differentiate from not only your parents and your culture, but actually from the big spirit puddle that is the spirit realm, right? The ocean of spirit. You're actually differentiating from that for a little bit. So you can go chocolate, not vanilla ice cream, dogs, not cats. Like, you know, these, these things are really irrelevant, except for that you get to have them be your preferences and you get to hone a personality. And that's why ego is actually valuable um, in this idea of sovereignty, because you get to have an ego, which is I am, I have a sense of self. What, when we get into problems around that, you actually even get to do this, which is fun, which is have a real problem with your ego and need everybody to think you're great and have control over how others see you, which is really what the ego is all about and have that take over your life and totally destroy everything. That's fine from a spirit standpoint because you're developing a sense of self for this lifetime, right? So sovereignty is this idea upon arrival, you have got, you are cast into a circle called your aura and you are the living pentacle, five-pointed star. So now you're a pentagram. This is why in witchcraft, we love the pentagram because it's like, it's us and we, it's a little mirror of me. It's like, yay, look at me. I'm a five, look mom, I'm a five-pointed star with a circle around it. Yay, I'm a pentagram, <laughs> which is powerful. And in, it's integral inside of itself. And so as you are born, you will face challenges where that tries to get ripped away from you. It can't be ripped away from you, but you can think it's not there. You can think you're not allowed to be yourself. You can think you have to get approval of others. You can believe that you are disempowered and that you are not responsible for your actions and that your actions don't impact anybody. And so you can act anyway, or you can do the thing where you are hyper responsible and you can't do anything because you're paralyzed with fear because you have too much of an impact and finally work that through and just notice that you are both influencing and influenceable and that you have choices about how you're some choices about how you're going to do that so sovereignty is about knowing that and when we come to a place of peace around our of that idea that i am whole and i am separate and yet connected from that's one of those places where you get to that i think it goes back to the question of centeredness of knowing that i have a sovereign right and so what this word sovereignty has inherent with it this idea that you're royal which kills all caste systems, right? Because if we're all born royal, we're all royal. And uh, if all creatures are born royal, have sovereignty, then all creatures are royal. If all things are beautiful and held in, in esteem and valued, 
than all things are. Right? So um, for you to have sovereignty to be a queen in your own right, if that's what you are, um, then or a jack, or a jack, I think is a third gendered way of thinking about sovereignty or a prince. Uh, for you to be in sovereignty is just to notice you have edges. And that what passes through those edges at you is up to you. And what what passes away from you is up to you. And that both of those choices are going to be a, are going to create the life you live. Okay, it's really pretty simple. This is actually really, really simple, that you are choosing the choosing the life you live by choosing who you allow to influence you. And by choosing how you choose to influence the world. Okay. And so that um, choice means you get to design your life. It really, you really do get to design your life. You do. I know you're going to say I'm crazy. There's an argument against this idea, right? But you really do in connection with your higher power. You're not the only one designing your life (laughs) because you're on a team. So your higher power, that brings that higher power, that connection to higher power reinforces the sovereignty of your individuality. And your spirit guides are on your team. So they're inside that sovereign circle. Okay. And when I work with people, I work with the seven spheres of influences. I probably have talked about this previously, but this is the first sphere, what I'm describing to you today. And that is, I have been born, here I am. I've got this shape, whatever yours is, is perfectly fine, whatever it is. And I am growing in this way. I am influenced by these people. I choose to move away from them or I choose to move towards them. And this is my circle and who, and then I, inside of that, I generate an energy in concert with my divine self and and divinity, my higher power, whether if I'm, if I have a relationship, then I'm going to develop a certain energy. If I don't have a relationship, I will develop a different energy, right? Right? You hear them, you're hearing what I'm saying. And inside that circle, that's the first circle of influence. You, yourself, your higher power, your spirit guides, you all live in there. Ain't nobody else getting in there. That's your sovereignty. And from there, and this is how the magic works, kids. From there, you have um, six more circles going out, seven circles of influence. The farther out, the less influence, the farther in, closer in, the more influence. Who and what you choose to allow in to those inner circles is going to create who you become. So whoever's close in, whoever your life partners are, or what land spirit you dedicate yourself to, or, or uh, what your best, 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 best friends are like, or what your career that you choose to do is going to create you. And you have power over those things. You certainly have more power than anybody's ever had before, because airplanes, right? <laughs> like, can you imagine like it's 1365? And you're like, I'm not enjoying the influences of my villagers. They'd be like, yeah, but there's no airplanes or like bicycles. So you're going to have to work it out, right? So you're really free in this life. So that's the idea of sovereignty is that holding that center, holding that center then creates the next, it calls to you the people who you need in your life to teach you and to influence you. And also just holding the center can change your whole life because that can then reject the energies you don't want out of your life. You ever have that period in your life when suddenly you lose all kinds of friends and you're like, what happened? I don't know. They stopped calling me. Should I take this personally? It's like something changed in you and you no longer needed that influence. Good or bad. That might've been a a positive for you or might've been a negative. For me, it's been positive every time it's happened. But that's because something in you changed. Something in that sovereign center that you hold has changed. And so this is a real fundamental, important idea that um, that sense of self, that relationship with self, that relationship with higher power, that individuation preferences, knowing what you want, being true to what you want, and not deviating from what's true, you know, not deviating to social pressure. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine actually today, where I was like, I got a psychic kid about this trip you're about to go on. It feels really bad to me. And I was just let you, let you know, I don't think you should go. I don't hardly ever do that. So if I do it, it's like, because I really mean it. She said, oh yeah, I know. I've got the same thing. I've got the same feeling. I really shouldn't go on this trip. And I go, yeah. And she said, but I have to go. And I went, huh? <laughs> like that was, that was like a little schism in her sovereignty. You see, 
she said, but I have to go. And I said, and she, I, listen, she does not have to go. Okay. I'm just saying she does not have to go. There is no reason financial or otherwise this woman has to go. So I said, really? I said, could you pray about that? Cause uh, man, I, I don't think that what you just said is true. I don't think you saying I have to go is actually a true statement. I, I would encourage you as your friend to pray about that sucker because want, you want to take actions out of what's true for you. And that's holding sovereignty. I'll let you know what she does. All right. I'll let you know later if I remember. I hope she doesn't go because both of us felt bad about it. I know. Kayleen's giving me a look. I'm like, I know, Kayleen. Uh, so that's, that's a, a simple example of holding sovereignty when you, when you do a thing because you know that it's the right thing as opposed to the popular thing. That'll make a shift in your energy field and that will shift all the other influencing fields around you. So that's why it's important. Hopefully that's an explanation of it and hopefully that you find that helpful. Thanks, Meeker. Today's Ask Pomegranate podcast is brought to you by the ancestors. The ancestors, they've been with you from the beginning and they'll be with you at the end. You can seek them out at heyancestorsineedyourhelp.com. That's heyancestorsireallyneedyourhelp.com. Today's podcast brought to you by the ancestors. Well, thanks so much. And Kevin, John, Kayleen, me, the goddess, the ancestors for putting this podcast on. Um, I'm I'm a channel. So part of what I do when I'm talking to you all is I open up the channel and I let the spirits talk through me. I let the ancestors talk through me. Um, and it's a delight. So, uh, thank you everyone. And don't forget to call the number and leave a message. We fixed the problem. Thanks everybody. Five, two, zero, two, 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 ninety nine, twenty two, ninety nine, twenty two.